Welcome to the Lifehouse Message Podcast. Please make sure to follow or subscribe to this so that you can get all the latest messages. We hope that you are inspired, empowered, and encouraged by the message today. Let's enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Vision Sunday 2024. Wow, we're here already, and it's going to be a great year. God is moving in Lifehouse campuses and throughout the world. There's a new thing happening, and I, I want to share our theme for this year with you. And it comes around, it's wrapped around one scripture that I really feel is on my heart for, for us all. It's John 1, 17, speaking about Jesus. How many love Jesus? I love Jesus. I've known him now for almost 45 years. And uh, here's the scripture. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And I just love that. You know, the law was given to Moses and the law, the Bible says, is good but cannot change our hearts. But then came Jesus, and we read about Jesus in the New Testament, and, and we're New Testament people that read about how, how good He is. I remember when I, I was not yet a believer in, uh, in Sydney. I was a fireman, and I, at 19, I started to read the Bible for the first time for myself, and I was amazed at the love of Jesus, but also the truth of Jesus, the, the grace of Jesus, and the strength of Jesus. I was, I was attracted, even as a, a not yet believer, I was attracted and drawn not to law, but I was attracted to the wonderful nature of Jesus, which is grace and truth. And I want to share this with you today. We've got an amazing pastor in our church in Sendai. Pastor Nobuki is an amazing man of God. He is from a Christian family, was raised up to be a, a young man of God, went to Florida and Texas for university. But when the big tsunami came through Japan uh, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, 2011, um, he, he was uh, up. He was in in Florida, I believe, and then God called him to come back to to show the grace and love of God into Japan, into his nation back here. It's a great story, and he arrived and joined our church just as a young man serving on on cleanup teams and emergency teams there in the the city of Sendai. And, and since that time, he's become one of our great pastors, married with four amazing kids. He's, uh, we love Nobuki. He's a great man of God. But I remember uh, as a younger pastor uh, being here in Tokyo and, and getting a phone call from Nobuki and he, he, he loves the Lord Nobuki and he phones me and he says, Pastor Rod, I, I've got it. I said, that's great. What have you got? He said, I've got grace. I've got, I understand grace. And I said, that's good because you're a pastor. <laughs> Of course he understood grace, but there, what he was saying was there was something had come over his heart and over his soul that had changed his life. There was a revelation of Jesus coming with grace and truth. And I, I said, how do you know something's changed? He said, very simple. My, my wife doesn't fall asleep in my sermons anymore. <laughs> and we all laughed. And I said, that's a joke, right? He said, no, not really. It's probably true. And, and, he, and I said, well, how else can you explain what you're feeling about understanding Jesus coming with grace and truth. And he, he said this, and, and this is what I wanted to share with you starting off this, this year. It's, it's a great illustration. He said, when I used to read the Bible, it was like there's more things I've got to do. I read it, and he said, I read it faithfully, and even as a, a leader and a pastor, I read it, and but it was always more things I've got to do. What have I got to do? What's God going to say I've got to do? He said, but now I understand Jesus coming with grace and truth. He said, when I I'm so excited to open the Bible because it's like God the Father is saying to me, come on, my son, Nobuki, we're going to win together today. 
I'm going to show you what life is all about. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to be with you. He said all of a sudden it, it turned from being a, a, a law thing to being a grace and truth thing. And that's what I felt as I was searching for Jesus at 19, that even before coming, I was attracted and then I received Jesus. I received him and it had nothing to do with law. It was all about grace and truth. You see, Jesus is not just about just grace. There's got to be truth. And it's not just about truth. There's got to be grace. And I love this scripture in Hebrews, which talks about Moses who came with law and Jesus. And I, I want to share this scripture with you too, because I really feel it's important as a church and a campuses that we, we share and we receive as children of God, as sons and daughters of God. So let's, let's read this scripture in Hebrews. Um, it's in chapter 3. It says here, For Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant. Well, that's good, but it's not the best. And that's what Hebrews is all about. It, the law was good, had a place. But can't change a heart. Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were spoken about later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And here we have this teaching of, are we a son or a servant? Are we a daughter or a servant? Or are we a child or a servant? And I think this is what this year is going to be about, friends. I really believe we're going to be sharing this beautiful combination of grace and truth which makes us children you see you can't just have love 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 without truth no marriage can last like that no family can last like that it doesn't work you've got to add truth to love they've got to be melded and you can't just have truth 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 and no grace because that's harsh and tough and so here we have jesus was faithful as a son as we are his house and listen to the the family language here i love it as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, I love to say to you, God wants us to learn how to be sons and daughters. Come on, give Him a big praise. The law was okay, but Jesus came with grace and truth. I want to talk about the word grace a little bit because it's sort of a hard word in, in many languages and cultures. This word grace obviously means kindness and goodness. But here in Japan, the word can also mean uh, a gift returned. So if someone brings me a, a gift from another city and says, here, Rod, have a gift. My next thought is, how do I give that person a gift back? There's a repayment system, what we call omiyage. It's a good concept, nothing wrong. But it's not grace because grace gets to the point where I can't repay anymore. And, and I, I saw this here in Japan when, I, um, when there was that tsunami up, up in Sendai and our, our church here in Tokyo, along with our friends in America, New Zealand and Australia, uh, brought teams and, and we sent teams up there and so many thousands of homes were destroyed. But our, our little church here was able to rebuild or help rebuild 54 homes. Isn't that amazing? 54 homes and, and put usually older people back in their home. And I wasn't up there when they placed this older lady back in her rebuilt home. But I heard the story, and the story really stayed with me as a picture of grace. And the story goes like this, that we, we, as in our team, rebuilt her home, and it was really beautiful. They really did a good job and, and, and got some carpentry and the kitchen. Everything was rebuilt, and she came back to her home, just a single older lady. And as she came in the door, she saw her rebuilt home, and 
She just fell to her knees and, and, and started crying and the, the tears were dripping off her face onto the ground and she was on the ground and, and our team was sort of on the ground too saying, it's okay, it's okay. And she said, no, thank you, thank you, arigato, arigato. And, 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 and she was crying and she said, I can't repay you. And our heart was not to receive repayment. Our heart was to give, right? But I, what we saw was a beautiful Japanese lady getting to the point where she could not say, one day I'll get you uh, on Miyagi. I'll get you and I'll repay that. No, no, no. Can't do this with grace. You've got to get to a point in grace where we go, just thank you. I can't repay. What do I do? And I believe the response to grace is thankfulness. There's got to be a response. Grace has a power, has an impact in the heart. Grace is a beautiful word. It says that God has lavished His grace on us. And all we can do is say, thank you, I can't repay. And I believe that this year we're going to be talking a lot about Jesus coming with grace. But with the grace comes the truth for living, the, the lessons and the, the things that God wants us to do. Like Nobuki said, it's like the father saying, come on, Nobuki, we're going to read the word because there's lots to do and we're going to do it together. And you're my son and we're together. We're going we're gonna to be successful. You see, grace and truth have a beautiful act in our hearts. Come on, give God another praise. He is amazing that the picture he wants is not servants like Moses. The picture he wants is like sons like Jesus, it says that. That's what the scripture says. And so let's read about grace. Ephesians 1, 7, 8. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption. He's bought us back through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. He poured on us. This, this word lavish, there's so much grace. But in the grace comes this thankfulness that we want to obey. Jesus said that. He said, if you, if you love me, you're going to obey me. He said it three times in a row. If you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll obey me. And so there's a, there's a response of grace. But also we need to understand there's, this, there's another concept, and that is sin. Another really, really hard, hard word to, to, to explain because a lot of people have a different ideas about what this word sin is about. But the word sin literally means to miss the target, to miss, to miss the mark. It's like a big archery target. And I just, no matter how close I get, I just, my arrows keep missing. In fact, in the ancient Greek word, world, this word was spoken about the, the, the heroes of the stories that had a fatal flaw. A fatal mistake. And, and this is the picture of many Shakespearean plays and, and many of the movies that we like to watch. The hero or heroine is amazing, but they have this fatal flaw. They have a mistake. They have a problem. They, and, and it makes them miss or lose or whatever. And of course, in a movie, it's sorted out somehow, but our lives aren't that simple. The Bible says all have this flaw. All have the mistakes and that's why when Jesus died and by his blood we're redeemed, that sin can be broken. Amen. Isn't that great? So, so here's this year, we're going to be talking about these themes, these themes. And another hard work word is repent, which means change your thinking and realize that it's all about Jesus who can forgive us. It's not the law. Okay. I want to come to our story today from the Bible. I've, I've been, been looking forward to getting to this place. It's in Luke chapter 5, and it's a story where Jesus meets Peter, and it's a fishing day by the 
Lake of Galilee and, and one of the historians, Josephus, says that there was thousands of boats along the, the river, uh, along the, the lake, thousands. It was, a, it was a huge center of the world, Galilee at that time. And, and Jesus is walking past and people are following Jesus. And, and, and Jesus starts to, to speak to the owner of these, these boats. His name is Peter. He's a, he's a, a good guy. He's a good man with fatal flaws like the rest of us. Um, we, we read in other times that Peter is the guy that always opens his mouth at the wrong time. He's that guy, okay? But Jesus comes up and he, he says, Peter, um, verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, even though he didn't really know Jesus that well, Master, we, we've worked hard all night. And haven't caught anything. But because you say so, because you're telling me the truth, and I see that you're a man of grace, because you say so, I'm going to let down the nets, plural. It's a pretty big deal for a fisherman, because Jesus was a carpenter, right? And, and, and Peter's saying, we're the fishermen. You're a carpenter. It's not going to work. There's no fish out there. We fished all night. We're so tired. We're, we're just going to clean the nets and just going to go home. But Peter turned and said to Jesus, Okay, Master, because you say, because you, no one else, because you say so, uh, because you, you, because you are, you are the, well, whoever you are, Jesus, you're, 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 you're amazing. Because you say so, we will let down the nets on both sides of the boat. And there's a reaction of faith with Peter that's way beyond the story like what happened he must have had some revelation of who Jesus was and I don't know if he knew what was going to happen but there's this there's this incredible feeling in the story because you say so Jesus no one else because you say so and when they had done so verse 6 they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break there's a miracle there's a miracle that happens here that's way beyond our nature. It's, it's supernatural. It's, it's God. It's blessing. It's abundance on a man who had not yet followed Jesus. I love this story because the blessing came on a man who had not yet learned to follow Jesus. It shows to me the grace that Jesus had for Peter and the grace that he had for his fishing. And when he came home, he, that, that instead of having no fish, that he was going to bring home fish for the family. It, it shows the heart of God. What sort of God is God? We often get that question here in Japan. Well, God is a God that will bring fish to the man who's not even following. You know, for me, for me, back in my life at, at 19, I'd been, I'd been saved or safe in a factory fire as a non-Christian. I knew it was supernatural. I, I knew that that somebody, something, some, somewhere had, had helped me and protected me even though I didn't know him. And when I read this story, I see the same level of grace upon a man who's not yet following Jesus. And Jesus starts pouring out miracles upon his life. And Jesus came with grace and with truth. It says they were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And Jesus said to Simon, listen to these words of grace. Don't be afraid. I love that. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. 
So they pulled up their nets on shore, left everything and followed him. But there's a little part I missed out here. And I want to come back to this part because there's, there's an exceptionally strange response from Peter in the middle of the grace and the miracle. Here it is, verse 8. It says, when Simon Peter saw this, saw what? The, the catch of fish. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. Lord, I am a sinful man. There's the word sin. I'm a flawed man. I'm a, I'm a deeply imperfect man. I, 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 I'm not worthy. I, I, I shouldn't receive this blessing from you. This is the response of, of Peter in this story. It's a, it's a strange response, and yet it, it's, it's a natural response when we come close to God and we sense His truth. Because it was grace, but it's never apart from His truth. And the presence of God drew out this area where Peter falls on his knees and says, I'm flawed. I, I have many mistakes. I, I'm a sinful man. And it's like a, a crisis. And when we read the story to this part, it's interesting where we go. Because where we go at the end of this story is Jesus calls him and says, you're going to do greater things, Peter. But it's interesting because if you read that story as, as a non-Christian, I was reading the story and you read this story to where it says, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. My natural human mind would have thought the next sentence is going to be, and Jesus said, yes, you're a sinful man. My natural human response is to think, that's probably what I would say. Yeah, Jesus said, yeah, you're, you're a sinful man. But no, we, that's, not, that's not grace and truth. That's just truth. And so we have this mixture of the truth. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus doesn't say to him, no, you're not. What does Jesus do? He turns to him and says, I've called you to a higher calling. Wow. Give God a big praise. Come on. This is the Jesus that calls us to be sons and daughters in his house. This is what he's doing with Peter. Peter did say the truth. Jesus did not deny it. But yet the truth was, Peter is a sinner just like us. That's the truth. But the grace is God loves sinners just like us and will use us too. Isn't that amazing? And so this year as we learn about grace and truth, the, the two are united. You can't separate them. There is a balance. There is a tension. There is, there, there's two points, of, two points of truth that we need to get, that grace and truth are in Jesus. I don't want the law. That's just harsh. That's hard. That's hopeless. I want Jesus with this incredible sense. And so when I shared that story of the lady up in Sendai that fell to the ground and could just say, thank you. And we weren't doing it for that response, right? But, but that's what happened. I saw that as a metaphor of grace. When Japanese get to the point where they cannot repay, there is a movement to thankfulness. And I think that's where we become sons and daughters. When Nobuki rang me and said, Pastor Rod, I've got grace. I said, what have you got? He, he said, when, when, I, when, I hear, when I hear God talking now, it's not harsh. It's my father saying, come together, Nobuki. We're going to have a winning day. We're going to do it together. What an incredible thing. And I think that I share this around the world, this story, the story of that lady up in Sendai. And just recently I was in America. And a be another beautiful Japanese lady, a professor, a professor of theology, a Japanese lady, heard me talk about grace. And, and, and she came and talked to me after the, the little seminar I was doing. 
And, and she said, can you explain grace to me? She hadn't heard this story yet. So I told her that story. And her response was way beyond what I expected. All of a sudden, she just su suddenly started crying. But she wasn't just crying. She was weeping and the tears were running down her face because of some revelation of this place of grace. I didn't know the lady. She's a lovely lady. It was in a public meeting, all right? It was a public meeting. And she just leaned forward. I didn't realize it, but she just leant her head upon my shoulder and cried. And she said, you understand this? And you understand the Japanese people? And I said, thank you so much. I said, what's happening? And she couldn't really answer, but I knew she had a new revelation of grace and truth. And I think when we have this revelation, friends, as we study through the, the, the many stories we're going to read this year as, as a campus, as a group, as a team, as a, if you're watching from wherever you are, uh, we are going to do a series on this concept that wherever we talk about God's Word, there is a, an unlimited number of times there is grace and truth. My last scripture is this. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 and the beginning of 10 says, But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, that's when he was on the earth, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, death and obviously was resurrected, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. I, 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 there's a lot here. Just let me say it again. We see Jesus crucified resurrected in glory so listen to this so that the grace of god he might taste death for us for peter for you and for me verse 10 in bringing many sons and daughters to glory i think the greatest glory for jesus christ is that the people that believe in him learn how to be sons and daughters how to live in this this amazing world where we've got to understand grace we've got to understand sin we've got to understand the, but we understand the law came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And my prayer for you this year, friends, is that we open up our hearts to this amazing combo, this combination, this collaboration between two truths. And our lives will grow. And we'll learn to live as sons and daughters. And, and there's a, a lot of these scriptures talking about we'll have confidence to enter his throne room and confidence in prayer and confidence to read his word and to apply it to our life and confidence to pray with strength and confidence not because of who we are but because Jesus came with grace and truth and his glory was to bring us as sons and daughters let us pray thank you Lord that you've called us to be sons and daughters saved by the death and resurrection of Jesus thank you Lord that we're not servants you didn't want servants you want sons, you want daughters, you want children, you want family. And Lord, I pray that this year there be a great revelation in Lifehouse and, and right across the world that you've called us to be sons and daughters. Here we are, Lord. Our hearts are open. We're ready. Touch us. Touch us, Lord, with your grace and your truth. Let us grow with you in 2024. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, everybody. Let's praise God. And maybe you've heard this message, but you don't yet know this Jesus. You can know him right now. I'm going to count to three. Or you might be away and you want to come back. I'm going to count to three. And then I'm going to pray that you would know him, receive him in your life. Are you ready? Are you ready? Your heart ready? If you know who you are right now, 
get ready for my count of three and receiving Jesus. Here we go. One, two, three. Lord, I pray for these people who are opening their hearts right now that you would come into their life or come back to their life with your power. I pray, Lord, for forgiveness and love and grace and truth and lift and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It's going to be a great year. I'm so excited. I believe that we're going to move forward together in Jesus' name. God bless you all. Thanks for listening today. We hope that God was able to speak to you through the message. If you consider Lifehouse your church home, or if you were blessed by these messages, then why not consider generously supporting us? Simply go to mylifehouse.com give and find the giving way that works best for you. Have a blessed day and we'll catch you all next time.